About a year ago, I moved my family to a home way out in the woods in Tennessee. I wanted to be brief here, but I need to get this off my chest, and after looking into this matter a little more, I have a lot more details that I think will paint a clear picture in the end, so please bear with me. The nights here can be extremely loud. Between the crickets, the tree frogs, and the secedes, it can almost be deafening. One night not too long after we moved in, I had forgotten something in my car and headed outside to get it. The first thing that struck me as odd was that my dog wouldn't go outside with me. My dog goes everywhere with me, as I am her whole world. But not this night. As I held the door open, she looked out, then looked up at me like nope. So, I walked out and shut the door behind me. The second thing that caught me off guard was that there was not a peep. It was dead silent. I shrugged this off and walked down my front steps and headed down to my car. When I had gotten about 10 feet from my car, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I felt as though something was watching me. I looked around but saw nothing. I had the sensation that something was moving towards me after reaching into my car for something I had forgotten to grab earlier. I took a step back and checked around me. All of a sudden, I heard one of the hedges next to me that lined the walkway to our front door rattle. At first, I thought it was a rabbit that I had spooked, as I had seen one just earlier in the day right where this was. A few seconds later, I heard the sound of a large rock, about the size of a cantaloupe, landing a few feet away from me. It hit the walkway and bounced into a shrub. I drew my gun and called out and said, whoever that was, is about to be shot. After a few seconds of nothing, I began to think that maybe this was some local teenagers messing with the new people. I holstered my sidearm, turned and started walking back to my front door. Almost as soon as I turned towards my house, I heard this deep panting sound. It sounded like a huge dog, but what made me nod back to my front door was that it sounded like it was right behind me. I leapt up onto my porch, turned and drew my gun again expecting something right there, but again there was nothing. A couple weeks later, I was on my porch at night, sitting on a bench with my wife. She got up and walked inside to get something, and as soon as she shut the door, I heard that panting sound again. I couldn't see anything, yet it sounded like it was right on top of me. The sound was coming from everywhere and it was very loud. Again, I couldn't see anything, so I went back inside my house. Now at this point, I was questioning moving here, but after nothing else really happened, I let it go. A month or so later, it was a really rainy and stormy night. This is around 9 p.m. and my wife and I enjoy listening to the rain and talking about how relaxing the rain is. I, growing up in Oregon, love the rain, and for the past 10 years we lived in Vegas where it would dump the entire year's worth of rain in a day then be bone dry for the rest of the year. For my wife, who grew up in Nevada, rain was such a rare thing that she loved going outside and watching the rain. So, for us, this is an enjoyable experience. Except this night, in particular, things took a weird turn. As we were sitting there talking about the rain and relaxing, my wife stopped me and said, did you hear that? I said, no, what did you hear? She said, I swear it sounded like a small child calling for help out in the woods beside our house, 
I said, no, I didn't hear anything. After a few moments of us listening intently, she said, there it is again, I said, I didn't hear a thing, sweetie. Are you sure you're not just hearing things? She looked at me, offended that I didn't hear anything, and said, no, I am positive. How could you not hear that? It was our son. I think he's out there and got lost. I said no, he's in the house sleeping on the couch. We then both looked through the blinds that were open right behind us, and we could see all of our children laying there. She said, that's so weird, I swear it sounds like our son. I said, well it isn't him, he's right there, besides I don't hear anything. She then stands up and says, wow, he's really crying out for help. I need to go look for him. Now at this point, if you knew my wife, you would know she is absolutely creeped out by the woods and wouldn't be caught dead walking into them during daylight, much less at night during a storm. I grabbed her hand and said, I've been listening intently and there is absolutely nobody calling out for help. You need to stay here. At this point, I'm getting worried about her. She was acting completely out of character, not to mention that at this time she was eight months pregnant with our baby daughter. She then says, what if there is some child out there lost in the woods? I said, well, first off, I would be able to hear them too. Secondly, there are no other kids around here for miles and the odds of them being lost 100 feet from our house that's lit up like a Christmas tree is nil. She then says, I know, but what if it's a kid? Before I could say anything else, she stands up and starts walking toward the stairs. I jumped up and grabbed her hand again and said, no you're not, get in the house. I don't know what's going on, but you need to go inside. She then complies, and we both go inside. I didn't know what this was, but it freaked me out. A few months after this, just as it was getting dark outside, I heard the front door to our house open and I got up to investigate. We have autistic six-year-old twins, and we have the door set up so that they can't open it without us there, so to hear this sound it could only be my wife. What was weird was the fact that she usually doesn't go outside without saying something to me. I walked out front and saw my wife walking down our private road towards the drive on the side of our house. I asked her what she was doing, and she says she was sitting on the back patio and kept hearing a baby crying out in the woods. I said, seriously, and you just decided to walk off into the woods to investigate? She then looks out into the woods and says, see, there it is again. I couldn't hear anything, but what I did notice is that it was completely silent again. I told her, just like before, that the chances of a baby being out in the woods outside our house were slim and that she needed to get back into the house. She said, what if someone left a baby out there? I said, well, if that were true, I would hear it too. At this point, I was really starting to worry about my wife's mental health. I actually asked her to see a psychiatrist, and she did. Now that I know what I know, I feel terrible about this. A key to this moment was that my wife had just given birth to a baby girl a month earlier. A few days after this, we were out front on the porch. It was early evening and I had just mowed the lawn this day and our three-year-old son was riding around in his little car in front of the house. Now he knows that he is not allowed outside of a certain area that we mapped off. He loves playing outside, 
but with the road behind 50 feet from our front porch, we have to be careful as a lot of boaters will fly through after drinking all day on their boats. As we are talking, we are both keeping an eye on him. A neighbor drives by and stops to say hi for a second. This interaction lasted approximately 8 seconds as all they said was how are things? We said good, and he told us he would stop by later as his wife got something for the kids, who happens to be one of their teachers in school, and we said okay, great, and he drove off. I looked over to where our son was and he was gone. I called out his name and ran over to the side of the house where I could hear his car on our side drive. I scolded him for leaving the area, and he said something in his three-year-old gibberish and pointed to the woods behind our house. I said, he had five seconds to get back up to the front of the house or else. And he adamantly pointed back in the direction of the woods and kept trying to tell me something. I looked off in the direction of the woods and just assumed he saw a deer or squirrel or something and wanted to see it up close. I walked him back up to the front of the house and he cried the whole way there. He got really upset that I wouldn't let him go into the woods, but I just wrote this off as him being curious, as most three-year-old boys are. Now this instance isn't isolated, as our twins have done similar things, but nothing quite as extreme as this. There have been nights when we had just laid down for the night and heard a loud bang on the side of our house on the wall behind our bed. It was so loud that I jumped up and looked out the window. Our floodlight had come on, but I could see nothing. Now the weird part about this is that our bedroom sits about 12 feet from the ground level as we have a full-sized basement that's cinder block. I put on my slippers and grabbed one of my 12-gauge shotguns and walked outside to investigate. It was dead silent again. The floodlight that's on the side of the house had clicked off at this point, so I walked over to the end of the deck and shined my light around the yard. There was nothing, I walked around the house and shined the light around intently. As I approached the back side of my house, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. It felt like someone was watching me. I shone the light up into the trees, but nothing happened. I rounded the corner and the first thing I noticed was that my three dogs that were in their area weren't making a peep. Our dogs now have no filter and will bark at anyone and everyone. This includes me. So to see them all hiding with their tails between their legs, not making a peep, really had me worried. As I kept walking, all of a sudden, the crickets and frogs started making sounds again. It was as if someone had clicked a switch. I walked back into the house and told my wife that I hadn't seen anything. She shrugged and said, okay, as long as our dogs were okay. Due to the circumstances that night, I decided to let the dogs in and sleep with us. This very same thing has happened on all four exterior walls of our house. It's random and annoying, but just like this instance, every time there is nothing going on outside. There have also been times where we were sitting in the house and, as I was watching a movie, my wife walked over to me and said, did you call me? I said no and she said she swore she heard me call her name in her ear. She said that it was definitely my voice, but she didn't understand because it sounded so close, and I was a good 20 feet away from her in my recliner. The important part of this was that she was sitting at the table doing something and the slider to the backyard was open behind her. 
Now our back patio sits about 20 feet off the ground and is like a balcony as it has no stair access outside. I think the previous owner built it for barbecuing. There have been several instances where she would say she heard someone whisper in her ear, but she couldn't make out the sound. Again, I kept thinking she was going crazy, but as you will see, I think all of this is tied into this final moment where things are revealed. The last thing I want to mention before we get into what just happened is that I have a shooting range built behind my workshop on the opposite side of our property next to the main road. It is kind of on a downslope, but it works perfectly for what I need it for. The range itself is cut straight into the woods, going down about 100 yards or so. When you're at the driving range, you have woods surrounding you on all sides except back up to my shop. I have to say it has always felt creepy when I was dealing with my targets or mowing. When you are down there, it feels like you are miles from anyone. One day, around 5 in the evening, I was sighting in a new rifle scope. The sun was still up but was going to start to fade soon. So, I knew this was going to be the final test. Up until this point, nothing really happened while I was making my multiple trips down range other than this feeling of uneasiness. As I got down range, I kept getting this feeling like someone or something was watching. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I looked around but didn't see anything. As I was placing stickers over my previous shots, I heard something big off to the side of me. It sounded like a large branch had snapped off a tree. Now, if you have been in the Tennessee woods, you will know that a lot of branches fall off of trees randomly out of nowhere, so this is nothing new. Except this time, it was very loud and sounded like fresh, strong wood, if that makes any sense. I turned and looked, but again couldn't see anything. I started walking back up to my rifle and I swear I heard someone right behind me. I turned around, but again saw nothing. As I started to walk again, I heard this deep growl. It was really deep and loud, and what's worse was that it was all around me. I turned around, facing the range, and started walking backwards. The thought of some rabid dog charging out of the bushes had me freaked out, so running wasn't a good idea. I slowly walked backwards up the hill to my rifle, but nothing happened. I grabbed my rifle and sprayed the target with rapid fire, hoping to scare off whatever was stalking me. I left 10 rounds in the mag and grabbed my rifle bag and quickly walked back up to the house. I never told my wife about this, as I didn't want her to freak out. 
Fast forward to about a year later from when we moved in, and my niece is staying with us as a live-in nanny to earn money over summer break from college. We were on our way back from the store, about a mile from our house, and I saw two eyes reflecting in the headlights coming from a wide tree on the side of the road just ahead. It had caught my attention because they were higher than a deer but a different color and size. Just as I had said, what is that? And squinted, they vanished. I had made a comment that it was almost as if it had known I could see its eyes and moved. The color was kind of a golden slash green, but they resembled the mannerisms of a large cat as they felt ominous. It's hard to explain, but I shrugged it off as we were passing the tree and saw nothing. A few moments later, we arrived at the house. As we were getting bags out of the car, my three-year-old son came bolting out of the house, excited to see me. As I was waiting to help her carry in her bags, I heard my dog growl. I looked in the direction she was looking at my neighbor's property across the street. What I saw has kept me up all night. Up until this point, I had always been skeptical as I had never seen anything with my own two eyes. Even with what had happened to me the year prior, I still had my doubts that it was just my mind playing tricks on me. Now my street is kind of a spread out neighborhood. Each house sits on several acres, and at the end of our road is a Kentucky lake. My neighbor's house sits adjacent to mine on about an acre lot. Directly in front of my house is a wall of woods, and directly behind my house is several thousand acres of untouched forest. As I was looking across the street to my neighbor's property, I saw a large dark figure between the trees at first. The movement caught me off guard as it looked like something big was moving quickly on all fours. Then when it came out into clear view, it stood up and walked like a man. At first, I didn't know what to make of it. It was very tall, but what was strange about it was the distance it covered and the fact that I swear I could see through it when it was in front of a shed. It was clearly walking quickly but moving faster than any person could walk at a sprint. More importantly, there was no sound. It was like it was phasing in and out of reality as it moved. I said, what the hell is that? And realized that it was looking directly at us. It had moved at an angle away from us to minimize its time out in the open and was moving as quickly as it could while still being silent. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up as I realized that whatever it was was stalking us. I told my niece to get in the house now. And I grabbed my son and made it inside. I grabbed my AR-15 with a short scope and went back outside to see my niece still grabbing stuff out of her car. I knew I told her firmly and clearly to get in the house, but her disregard for my command annoyed me, so I still watched over her without saying a word. As she was slowly walking, she turned towards the woods across the street from my house and suddenly bolted for the house. She ran up the steps in a panic state. I asked her what she saw, and her face was pale as a ghost. She said, I heard something big in the woods walking loudly on the leaves, and when I turned toward it, I heard a deep guttural growl. I asked her why she didn't come when I told her, and she said she thought I was talking to my son. I told her what I had seen, and she wanted to get a closer look to see if she could see something. I told her that it was not a good idea, and she went anyway. As she was walking down the walkway, I heard the sound of dry leaves crunching in the woods across the street. I told her to stop and come get the flashlight. 
Now at this point, she is about six feet away from my wife's SUV. As she turned and started walking back to me, I caught a glimpse of something gray and hairy bolting from behind the SUV back across the street into the woods. My porch is a raised porch, and our SUV is about 6.5 feet tall, and whatever this was, it cleared about 45 feet in what looked like a single jump. It moved like lightning. Whatever it was, it wanted my niece. It jumped behind the car, out of my line of sight, and was waiting for her. She still doubted my warnings and grabbed the flashlight and walked back toward the car. As she entered my driveway, she stopped dead in her tracks and leaned forward as if she could see something. I asked her what she saw. She turned and ran back up on the porch with a terrified look on her face, saying nope, 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 over and over again. She said it was a figure hiding inside of a tree and that she saw its eyes. I asked her what they looked like and all she could say was that they looked like dull red at first, but as she got closer, they looked dead. I said, what do you mean dead? And she said that where the pupils were looked gray, like the way eyes look when they go blind. She said it was really dark gray and she swore she could see through it, almost like a dark cloud. She wanted to go out again and took a step down the stairs, and as she did, it revealed itself from the tree. I said, get inside, and I went in and locked the door. It looked like a tall human-shaped being, it was really tall and looked ominous as hell. The next morning, we did a height comparison to the tree limb she saw it stand over, and it put its height at around 9 feet tall, and its eyes were about 6 inches apart. At this point, I didn't know what this thing was. After doing some research, I think this thing was a glimmerman slash crawler. I looked to see if there had been any other sightings in Benton County, but nothing. More importantly, it seemed to come and go, almost like a shadow person, but bigger and more visible. I originally posted this on our slash Bigfoot, but after some research, I believe it belongs here. One of the things that makes this fit is that it can communicate telepathically. This explains why everyone was hearing something that nobody else could hear. Secondly, it has a playback-like communication, so when I heard a dog panting, it was probably one of my dogs. My wife was actually hearing our son crying for help, as he had recently fallen and cried for help. The baby crying would be our newborn baby who she had given birth to recently, and it must have heard me call my wife's name and kept telepathically calling my wife's name with my voice. Another thing that my niece said that night was that she felt compelled to go back outside to see it. She said she felt like this thing was communicating with her somehow and wanted her to go back outside. The more I read about this thing, the more everything that's been happening over the past year makes sense. One thing that I find extra convincing is that down the road towards the lake there is a property that is barbed wired off and is a wall of forest with no driveway. A lot of the property down our road is undeveloped owned land. And on one of the trees, there is this large old sign that says Screamer lives here with an arrow pointing back into the woods. Now I have to admit, when I first saw this sign, I laughed, thinking maybe the owner screamed at trespassers who entered his property and teenagers put up the sign to mess with him. But when I did a satellite search of our neighborhood, that entire section of road has no houses or trails or anything and is just pure forest for as far as the eye can see. 
One of the things that this thing is said to do is make a loud scream when threatened. Now that you understand my story, I doubt this is the ending. The next question is, what can we do? I don't want my wife or kids to disappear one day. And if there are more than one of these things out there, the missing 411 makes a lot more sense. I feel perplexed and scared. What can I do? Any advice? I will try and keep this post alive with any new experiences. There's a town in Illinois called Beardstown. The town is really small, a sundowner town that's run down and just wrong. I have stories upon stories about this place, but I need more info from people outside of my circles. The townspeople are complacent in their existence and seemingly have a jaded emotional response to any mention of supernatural or just weird happenings in the town. If you happen to know anything or have any details about Cass County in general, I would appreciate any information on it. While I'm at it, I'll share a story. I often visited Beardstown to see my partner during my spring break. It was an escape from my life and one of the only times we saw each other before we moved in together. He lived with his grandparents off of US 67 heading into town by the Swift plant. The road had houses on the left and fields to the right. Closer into town was a massive cemetery, across from the plant. That was the main area we would occupy since it was a little out of town. I think out of all the stories I have, a good starter might be the night the moon disappeared. A lot of things happened that night that were bizarre and just not right. My fiancé and I were headed back from St. Louis on March 22, 2019. It was specifically a waning gibbous, and it was directly behind us for the drive. We were driving through Little Indian when I noticed the moon was gone. No clouds, you could see the stars, but no moon. We stopped at a convenience store on the road and got out to look because it felt absolutely wrong. It was nowhere in sight, but we had to get home. It was 8 p.m. We drove into the area and were headed towards this creepy-ass church outside of town called Shiloh Church. It was abandoned, creepy, and a whole different entity. The road before and after the church was covered in thick trees and had a dip in the road. This area would be thick with fog and mist, with misty people-shaped figures chilling in the road. We had the radio on low, at like 5 or 6, just because we were a bit freaked out about everything. When we hit the dip in the road, our radio jumped up and down in volume, and my fiancé turned the radio off. It immediately turned back on and the lights started flickering. My fiancé suddenly slows down and speeds up as the air became heavy and cold. It scared me and all he said was dear. After a bit, we started getting to Beardstown and he breathes out really long and tells me what he saw. I will not be saying the name of the creature, it is taboo to say, and I believe in the evoking of the name. The most roundabout way I can explain what it was is in the description. A Native American folktale of cannibalism and the loss of humanity. Has become super popular recently. It starts with a W. He saw this creature running through the trees alongside our car. When he started to slow, it turned and started to rush the car. Luckily, he sped past and we were okay. After we got home after dinner, the moon was visible, but we were still shaken. That was a bit of a long story, 
and my phone is refusing to load the type, so lol. I have more stories and encounters I may write about, but I need more info on this town. I appreciate the reading. As a Floridian, I was always used to the city and having fun at theme parks and beaches. Getting to see my redneck cousins was the highlight of my year, as I really only got to see them during Thanksgiving. We'd go play around in the woods just climbing trees and exploring, but this year we were old enough in my uncle's eyes to drive the dune buggy throughout the woods. Usually we take a trail and we were told to stay on that trail, so we weren't risking getting bitten by rattlesnakes, encountering bears, or getting lost. In hindsight, my uncle should have told us we weren't allowed to go through the woods as a group of 12 to 14 year olds during hunting season. We were recklessly driving fast circles around a swimming hole that had about a 50 foot drop. My cousin decided to break off the trail and we went through the right squeezes of woods where the branches were scraping the top and sides of the dune buggy. We got stuck a few times and needed to back out. It started to get a little darker out, and as we were exploring the deep woods, we started to come across an area that smelled horrible. It smelled like death. We passed a tent, and the cousin that was driving pointed it out. We all hopped out and approached the tent, wondering if someone was in it. It was a tent that looked like a ghillie suit. The only reason we noticed it was because of a water container just at the front of the tent with bright neon orange tape wrapped around it that reflected in the lights of the dune buggy. My cousin kept saying, hello? Anybody in there? No answer. I was getting scared because I didn't know if they were out somewhere hunting and they'd accidentally shot us thinking we were deer. I told my cousins I wanted to go back. One of them insisted on lifting the tent and did so with a tree branch. Nobody was there except a small clump of clothing. I still urged that we go back as it was getting even darker and we were off the trail and the smell was making me feel sick. We all got back in the dune buggy and tried to find the trail. There was a bigger opening for us to drive through without getting whacked with branches, so we drove through that. The smell got stronger as we made our way to that opening. We finally reached it and saw about four dead cows. Two on each side of the clearing. They still had every bit of their bodies intact but their ribs. There was an insane number of the biggest flies I'd ever seen swarming the insides of their ribs. We all freaked out, and my cousin who was driving turned away out of the clearing and floored it. Branches smacked and scraped the top and sides of the buggy as we frantically tried to find a familiar path that'd lead us back out of the woods. Finally, we found the watering hole we were circling earlier, and we had to pass that to the path that leads out of the woods. Unfortunately, our tires got a bit stuck in the mud along the path. We weren't completely stuck, we were just going a lot slower and the buggy was working hard to drive through the mud. Once the tires kicked back all of the mud and muck, the buggy lunged forward harder than we expected, and we crashed into some small trees. That's when we saw something huge and white. Standing like a human but as tall as a basketball player, it looked to be furry all over. It was facing away from us and looked as if it was trying to run away. We freaked out and floored it backwards whilst also attempting to turn away from the watering hole so that we wouldn't drop 40 to 50 feet into it. We finally got down the path and sped all the way out of the woods and home. 
We didn't even park the dune buggy back in the garage. We drove it into the yard and all ran inside to the busy living room full of our family talking and eating their Thanksgiving food. All of us were shouting and trying to tell them what we'd just seen. We were told over and over again that it must have been a hunter wearing white. None of them believed us when we told them what we saw. Only the five of us had seen it, and we were all around 12 to 14 years old. Of course, I can see why they didn't believe us. We were kids, shouting about some kind of yeti-looking thing in the middle of the woods in Georgia, and we weren't supposed to be in the woods that late. They probably thought we were trying to come up with some crazy excuse as to why we were back late. It's still something I can't quite figure out in my mind. Seeing this post showed me that I may have seen one of these white ones and that we weren't all a bunch of crazy kids. I was just getting into bed for the night. It was 3 something in the morning. I checked on the baby monitor like I normally did because my daughter had been having night terrors, this was not a Wi-Fi monitor, and I saw this being interacting with my child she was pulling the cover over her face and it would lean over her. I'm still not sure if it was sniffing or what, but when she pulled the blanket back, she screamed and it pushed back away from her. This repeated again quickly as I stared in disbelief. Her dad was next to me and when I handed him the camera, he confirmed he was seeing the exact same thing and leapt out of bed to go to her room across the hall. As his hand turned her doorknob, it stared into the camera, night vision made the eyes glow, before disappearing. It looked as if it went up into her closet. She was about three years old at the time. We did not drink or do anything that would cause any type of hallucination, no drugs. Her dad told me he had seen it before, numerous times as a child, and his brother did too, they are nine months apart, different moms, but they are both of Cherokee descent. His brother confirmed everything and is now too scared to come to my home because he is afraid he will see it again. They both said that they've seen different looking ones, as in, they look the same, scrawny, with long fingers, no hair, etc., but with different features, like humans. We have since learned that his mother was into witchcraft. We immediately blessed the home again. It seemed any time his mom or his mom's adopted daughter came around, these things were around him and his little brother. The crazy part is, we stopped talking to them in 2014, before this, as we found out they were unstable. There was bad, bad stuff around these two. This was the year that this happened, that I saw it too, that it was sniffing my child. Since we blessed the home and cut them off, there have been no more issues, but it still haunts me. Is there any way we can protect our home? It has been a while since it happened, but I still worry it could come back. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. 
But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Back in 2012, my wife and I were living in Monterey, California. I was at DLI as a linguist. We had this little beach that we would go to often. It was right before officially entering Big Sur, and you would park in a little pull-off and walk a short distance on a game trail through some trees and bushes down a hill to the beach. Because of the fact that it wasn't really noticeable from the road or anything, it was almost always empty. The most crowded it ever was in all the two years we were there was four other people. Well. It was about a week or so before we had to move to my next base, so my wife and I decided to make a late-night romantic trip to the beach. Prior to this, the latest we had ever gone to the beach was at sunset to watch the sunset over the ocean. But this time we decided to go around midnight. We get to the beach and have a little picnic. Then, as we're just cuddling on the blanket relaxing, we notice something splashing in the water, about 50 or so feet from the shore. I thought it was maybe a shark or a whale or dolphin. I got excited and decided to go to get a closer look, I hadn't seen a shark yet and was hoping to, so I went up to the shoreline hoping to see the fin. The thing began swimming parallel to the shore, still around 50 feet or so out, and I followed it. Then it got to a point on the shore that, for me to continue following, I'd have to climb over a rocky outcropping. Since it was around 1am at this point, dark, and the rocks were wet, I didn't risk it and just continued watching. The thing swam up to the beach on the other side of the rocks and came out of the water. At this point, I thought maybe it was a seal or something, but then the thing stood up on its hind legs. It was probably between 5 and 6 feet tall and kind of shambled along the shore. After a little while, it turned and kind of stumbled into the bushes and trees that separated the beach from the road. It could have been a person, but it seems very unlikely. It was absolutely hairless and very pale, to the point where it almost glowed in the dark. It faced me and the moon lit it up enough that I think I would have noticed genitalia, the thing wasn't wearing clothing of any kind. There was nothing, not a single feature. This thing creeped me out, especially the way it moved. 
It seemed like walking on land wasn't something it was accustomed to. I ended up going back to the blanket and telling my wife, and we hurried back to the car and left. I wanted to go back the next day to check for tracks and any other possible clues, but, due to the fact that we slept in, and being busy packing and getting prepped for our move, by the time we had some free time it was already sunset. I went the next day, but I couldn't find anything. So I'm not familiar with these things, but I looked up the characteristics in Google and it came up with a crawler, so I figured I'd post in here. I live in central Michigan in a large area of very dense forest, probably 10 square miles or so with a relatively low number of houses on it, and there's a hunting trail that goes through it that I like to walk on at night. On our way off the path, we all looked behind us at dam near the same time and saw what looked like four pitch white figures about 40 yards behind us just kind of peering at us. There were two in the middle of the trail and two on either side. The one on the left was kind of peering out from the brush and the two in the middle were just staring. None of us could really piece together what we were seeing until the one on the right sprinted upright from the right to the left side of the treeline dam near immediately. We all saw it and started running to my house. I haven't seen it or them since and I can look down the same trail at night and I don't see a thing. I've never heard any strange noises and when I've looked at people's posts on here I've never heard of anyone saying there were multiples in a group. By the way, it's not hunting season and nobody uses these trails besides me as they are on my property. I'd say the figures were all around maybe 5 to 6 feet, but it's hard to tell at such a distance but they were all similar size and very lanky and quick. Backstory I grew up in the country on a large 100 plus acre wooded land in Indiana. My husband is from Alabama, so he knows very little about the trails on the old family property. We were on the old estate last week when I heard my husband, a burly six feet tall man, scream for me. He had a sound in his voice that sent chills through my body. I knew something was wrong by the tone of his voice. I quickly got up and started to go toward him. As I'm literally running to him, he's still yelling for me. It felt like it took me forever to get to him. I finally reached him. He was standing along the edge of the nicely maintained part of the property looking out into the wooded area. He looks at me and explains that he is hearing an old man scream. Help, please somebody help me. I am definitely skeptical about this, but I'm also a little freaked out. We both stood there looking into the woods. Nothing. I heard nothing. I look at him and say, did you yell back? He started to move toward the wooded area and yelled back, I hear you, where are you? To try and pinpoint the location of this old man. Then I heard it, my stomach tied into a knot and I told him to stop walking. There's no way an old man made it up this hill and is now lost. I decided to try to yell back to the sound, then nothing. The voice completely stopped. We stood there for an hour and circled around the maintained line to be safe, to listen to nothing. I'm convinced if my husband had gone into the woods that day, I would have never seen him again. When I was about 10, 
I was visiting my grandmother's house in rural East Texas. I was doing chores outside for her one night when I got chills and a horrible feeling washed over me. Something compelled me to look to the tree line about 50 yards away, where I saw a white face peering out of the dense brush. I immediately ran inside and didn't go out for the rest of the night. The next morning, I went out with my sister and some of my cousins. I'd forgotten about the previous night, and we were walking in the general area when I saw it. I went away from the group to pee when I saw a deer, but it didn't look right. It was staring right at me but it was empty, not like you'd expect. I ran back to the group and convinced them to go back to the house. I didn't go outside for the rest of the stay, but my cousin said that they heard a woman calling them in the woods. I had a very similar experience with a person with a really white unchanging face. One night, I was driving home along a street I always take. It was about 1 AM, so there were no other cars on the road, and as I pulled up to a four-way stop sign, I saw that there was a truck in the lane next to me. The thing is, the truck had been stopped a lot longer than normal, and as no one else was on the road, there was no reason for him to still be stopped. As I pulled up next to the pickup, I looked over and there was a man with a face so white it almost looked like he had painted it. What makes it more creepy is he was staring directly at me and he didn't rotate his head towards me, it was already in that position, almost as if he was waiting for me. When I made eye contact, he didn't look away, he just stared, and after a couple seconds, he smiled this creepy smile I'll never forget. My stomach dropped and my skin broke out in goosebumps. I was so freaked out that I sped away, and as I looked in the rear view mirror, he was still there, parked at the stop sign. The next day, there was a bad car accident at that stop sign. I'm not saying the two are related, but for me it was eerie nonetheless. I'm a child of the mountains, and my hometown was completely mountainous so I spent most of my childhood running through the forests and stuff, and one event that happened when I was 10 kinda remains unexplained. I was on top of the ridge several hundred feet above my house when I started hearing my biological father yelling, I'm adopted but was allowed to see him frequently. He had a very distinctive voice with no accent, so it's really not possible to confuse him for anybody else. His voice was coming from the other side of the ridge, which is a bit weird in retrospect because nobody lived over that way and everybody avoided that area. Even when hunting, we'd go around, the terrain was just too bad to deal with. Lots of thick brush and sudden drops. I started to hear him calling my name, so I started to go down anyway. It's not a good area, but I've been through it a time or two during the winter when less vegetation means easier navigation. The voice wasn't really getting closer but it was getting louder and then this feeling of dread washed over me as I suddenly remembered my father was on a business trip to Germany. I've never run so fast. I didn't realize it until I got to the other side of the ridge, but the forest had been completely silent on the other side of the ridge, which never happens unless there's predators around or the wind picks up. I'd think I was just getting close to black bear territory or something but the voice obviously makes it confusing, 
But unlike a number of stories like this I've heard over the years, the experience didn't really stop me from going into the woods and made me more curious about the other side of the ridge, though I never heard slash saw anything else, and eventually the mountain itself was destroyed for a new highway, probably around 2008, 8-ish years later, going right through the place where the voice was coming from. We were dirt bike riding on my grandfather's land, and we took a trail that led off to areas we had never been to before, old trails we had been told were washed out. We came across a cabin that was rotted out. My friends went down a hill to explore and do some shooting, and I stayed up to investigate the cabin. The cabin was one room basically, with nothing interesting inside. So before I go into detail about this part, I'll mention that we kept finding white hair all around our property for years on bushes and branches that we couldn't account for. It looked like a horse's mane. The only other thing I could liken it to was long strands of white hair. I was standing outside this cabin drinking water and the next thing I know I'm in a daze like when you are falling asleep just before or maybe while you are getting ready to go into sleep paralysis if anyone has experienced that I had to get my clothes off. I don't know why. Even now, it is unlike any feeling I have ever had. At the same time, I felt my body was going to melt into the ground and my head was going to remain. I was still alive and I would have remained alive like that. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw an extension of some sort come out of the top of the roof of the cabin with a bobbing, figure that reminded me of the fried dude off of Aqua Teen Hunger Force minus any discernible features other than the shape, but it was maybe four feet. It didn't look organic or like a machine. I awoke to a gunshot. The only thing that remained was a sound that sounded similar to Asian throat music. I didn't really remember it right then, but after we started riding down the hill. I have been frightened from then to now. I say that because I have felt that feeling until recently when I was diagnosed with a chemical imbalance and was prescribed antidepressants, which fixed that feeling. I have never felt that prior or since I got meds. That white hair was all over the cabin. I'm not sure what any of that means. I swear that there are some forms of wolf man, dog man, werewolf, shapeshifter, skinwalker, whatever you want to call it, living in my home province. I've heard of them and I swear I've seen them. I grew up in a rural community, where the closest kids were a 10-minute walk away. We had wildlife in our backyard all the time, from bears to coyotes, owls, foxes, and even skunks and porcupines. I was very familiar as my father was a hunter and taught us the sounds and tracks and even the awful smells of the life around us. I'm 20 now and live in a large town on the outskirts of the city. I remember the first sign starting around the age of 14 to 15. I would be trying to sleep with my window open at night during the summer, and I would hear these mutilated howls that I've never heard the likes of before, which would terrify me into slamming shut my window, closing my blinds and locking what I could around the home. I would spend time outdoors or walking home from the bus stop and see massive paw prints or sometimes barefoot human prints on the sandy gravel road. There were these moments of awful stench. My mother would always claim it to be just the coons in the compost bins again, 
but there was no way on earth that's what it was. I began to spend less and less time out there due to feeling watched and unsafe. I didn't know what else to do, my father had abandoned my mother, and my stepfather was a city dweller who assumed I was simply afraid to be out because I was a girl. There was one event three years ago when I was 17. We had a family friend who had a camp 40 minutes out into the middle of nowhere, and of course, being myself, I wanted to go and hang with all my friends near my age. So we went. No cell service, no plumbing, all electricity was solar powered, outhouse, and all camping on a lake. None of my friends were there, and all the adults went down three camps off for drinks, and I was stuck with all the kids 13 and under. Free babysitting, am I right? Anyway, to the point, I had settled in and was reading a book with my flashlight while the kids were watching a movie on their tablet. What's the point of camping if you're on your electronics? And I heard the sound of someone in the driveway, the footsteps on the gravel. I got up from my book and went to see if it was one of the adults from the group, but as soon as I stuck my head out the door, I noticed an awful rotten stench when the sound stopped and there was no one there. I swear I'd never felt so chilled as I did in that moment. The hair on my neck was raised, and I slammed the door shut, loudly, and locked it. At night, when the adults were back, we paired up to go to the outhouse before bed. Of course, myself and the family friend were the last two out there. I had done what needed doing and was waiting for my friend. That's when the twigs snapped and the chills were back. I saw movement, a large dark, almost black dog-like shape was off in the tree line. I froze. It was darting around so fast, I wouldn't have believed the speed if I hadn't seen it. My friend came out of the outhouse and the latch snapped my attention from it to her. She was concerned about how pale I was, but when I tried to point it out, it was gone. Poof. We went inside, and all throughout the night I could hear howling and barking and sounds from outside. It reminded me of the whole laughter sound from hyenas. But every now and then, there was this awful deep choppy howl, which no coyote could make. It wasn't the scream of a dying rabbit or the laughter of a fox, it was not natural. It was twisted. I know this because about a month ago I was out with my boyfriend for a light night drive along the coast, quite a distance from the city. While he was driving and we were talking, we both saw something massive. It was dark, almost black in color, dog-like in structure, and there was an awful, unforgettable smell in the air. We were both shouting and sped off away from it. I tried to convince him it was just a black bear, but there was no way. It was far too large and thin for a bear in the late summer. I know it was that thing. But anytime I tell someone about it, I'm told I'm crazy. I'm just hearing coyotes as we don't have wolves in our province. Should I be worried? Scared even? We live in a town close to the city. I wouldn't think it would follow us here. But I can't help but feel anxious. Am I crazy? What is this thing? So this is something that I've kept to myself for two years now, and every time I think about it, the hair all over my body still stands up. Here's some context. My girlfriend and I really like to try and find new hikes in Western Colorado. 
We decided to try a new trail that was not on the National Monument and was way away from any other trail. It was a good deal of the way out of town as well. Anyway, we were one of the only cars parked at the trailhead, and as we were walking, it quickly got dark. We made it all the way until the moon rose, and I stopped to hug my girlfriend and have a romantic moment. All of a sudden, further down the trail, at least a few miles away, we hear automatic gunfire. Pop pop pop, then silence for a couple seconds, pop pop pop. This was kind of a normal thing for my area. Even though it was not public land, I knew a lot of buddies who would know of many forgotten trails to shoot on hand and not get caught. My girlfriend asked me if I thought they were gunshots, and I told her that I couldn't think of anything else in the middle of this wilderness. We decided it would be best to turn back. We were about two miles down the trail at this point, at the top of a very large hill covered in desert shrubs. As soon as we stopped talking, we realized something was wrong. All of the insects had stopped chirping. There had been dozens of crickets the entire hike up. All of the sounds of nature had completely stopped. My girlfriend was facing further down the trail and I was facing back the way we came, ready to turn back. She looks behind me, then screams and starts to run. I was already scared shitless, but I figured the worst it could be was some drunk redneck about to give us some trouble. I turned and looked where she was, and I immediately ran after her. I have never run so fast in my life. The shrubs were about two to three feet high in varying spots, and when I turned around, I don't know how to describe it, but it looked like a shadow. Even with the moonlight directly shining on it, it was almost an absence of light. It was already slowly standing up when I turned around. As soon as it fully rose up, I realized that I was looking up at it and it had to be at least a foot taller than me. It had a very skin and bones figure but it was not human. We sprinted back to my car, still with nature silent the whole way. I was in such a hurry when we ran to my car that neither of us noticed I hadn't had my keys to unlock the car. We were halfway through the drive home when we realized that. Every single hair on my body was raised, and if I'm being honest, I've never felt anything like what I did when I saw it. Every fiber of my being screamed to run, and I was almost paralyzed by the fear that washed over me. Does anyone have any idea what it could have been? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I have only been told this story twice. The first time was when I was six or seven, and I was too young to listen or become invested. The second time I was told I was about 12, and I knew that I would likely never hear it again, I took painstaking measures to transcribe it word for word. I have asked my father relentlessly for years to hear the story again, to no avail. He seems to avoid the topic entirely, as if he is slightly traumatized slash freaked out by it. 
I have been able to talk with another person that was present at the event, his name is Rose. Both stories, from my father and Rose, match up pretty well, albeit the minor details that both parties remember differently. For the sake of the story, we will use my father's first name, Carter. This story is long, so strap in. If any of you have any input or would like to investigate further, please let me know. In 1986, Carter was about 17 years old. During this time, he lived with his mother in Plattsburgh, New York. Plattsburgh was a small college town, and so my father spent most of his time with a small group of friends. During their high school summers, they would all go driving slash hiking to the dense woods of upstate New York, getting closer and closer to the Canadian border. In total, there were six of them, and they all brought various kinds of alcohol and would camp on isolated lakesides for days at a time. One girl in particular, named Rose, became increasingly interested in this one unnamed lake that was practically in the middle of nowhere forest. It would take days to get there, with most of the time being spent hiking. So for their junior-senior summer, they all decided to humor Rose and go to this new lake. Whether this lake was actually unnamed might be a stretch. There are a multitude of lakes in upstate New York and I'm pretty sure most, if not all, are named. I've tried asking about slash finding the lake, but investigation isn't my strong suit. They claim not to remember the name, insisting it was unnamed. There were three girls and three guys, including Rose and Carter, stacking up all the liquor and camping equipment they could get their hands on and heading off to the new lake. According to Carter and Rose, the first day of travel, mostly driving, was largely uneventful. The second day was spent hiking. Sometimes on a trail, sometimes not on a trail. At this point, they are far from any town or city, and the closest thing to civilization they can get are old logging roads or service roads. At some point, they even traveled off of those. It was close to sunset on the first day of hiking. As they were walking single file through the woods, a girl in the middle of the line began freaking out. Screaming, pointing, tearing up. They were on a slight incline, and she pointed down the hill at something no one had noticed. She was freaking out about the shredded up carcass of a deer. Rose recounted to me specifically that the deer was not eaten nor shot. It was simply shredded, as if something had hunted it, then refused to eat it. Rose and Carter decided to go investigate. Upon descending down the hill, they saw something inexplicable. The corpse of the deer was on the edge of a circular clearing. In the center of the clearing was a black monolith. I asked for a better description, and I got something akin to obsidian-like rock statue. It wasn't massive by any means, just oddly placed squarely in the center of the clearing. What freaked Carter and Rose out entirely, however, was the shredded animal carcasses lining the entire clearing. Carter explains to me that he felt as if the animals were trying to walk into the clearing and drop dead on the spot. Rose imagined something dragged the dead animals to the edge of the clearing. The two, freaked out, walked back to the group and explained what they saw. For whatever reason, something they still can't justify to this day, they continued onward to the lake. We really wanted to see the lake, said Rose. Eventually, they actually reached the lake the next day. It was decently sized and oblong-shaped. 
entirely isolated, no one could be seen on the shores. It was, by both accounts, a very pretty lake. They set up a campfire by the lakeside, and by nightfall, they had begun drinking and eating. Rose and Carter sat opposite each other. Rose had her back to the lake and could see the tree line, while Carter had his back to the trees and could see the lake. It was around 1 a.m., and the fire had died down a little bit. They were telling scary stories, messing with each other, when Rose suddenly got an alarming look on her face. Rose was looking behind Carter, at the forest line. Rose insisted Carter turn around. Trying not to be taken for a fool, Carter knew Rose was just messing with him and told him to F off. It wasn't until Rose and others stood up to investigate that Carter turned around. Out of the woods walks a little kid. A little child. Carter says he couldn't have been older than seven. He was wearing a gray hoodie and blue jeans. His hood was up, and he was some distance away, so no one could really see the boy's face. He stopped, just outside of the firelight. Some of the girls in the group immediately went up to him to see if he was alright. No one knew. He could have been hurt or lost. They began asking him questions, and the conversation went something like this. Are you okay? No. What's wrong? Are you lost? I need help. What's your name? Little Steven, can you help me? And so on, evidently, the group was freaked out. The kid kept asking for vague help, constantly gesturing back into the woods, but some feeling stopped them from following. One of the girls gently pushed him closer to the fire and pulled back his hood. She jumped back. The kid had entirely black, enlarged eyes. I asked Rose if it could have been a trick of the light, as it was nighttime and the only source of light was a campfire. It was something that everyone noticed, made everyone step back. It was unnatural, he recounts. At this point, the child began asking for help over and over and over again, to which the girl muttered, no, we can't help you. With that, the boy walked back into the woods, no one else in sight. Freaked out by both events, they all abandoned the trip and quickly ditched the lake. This is where things get even more interesting. Fast forward to recently. Once again, I'm begging my father to tell me the story of little Steven, or some other story for that matter. Does anyone have Xfinity cable with that remote that has a microphone in it? You know, you can say, show me the office. And it will pull up the office on TV. Well, I was being a little ass and messing around with my dad because I'm young. I don't know. I grabbed the remote and said, show me little Steven. No results. Show me a black-eyed child. And then something pops up. It's a movie. The icon shows a little girl with black eyes in the woods, wearing a gray sweatshirt and jeans. My jaw dropped. For years, this had always been in the realm of fantasy for me. Now, it's almost tangible. My father goes upstairs, and I don't see him for the rest of the day. I spent my whole time researching this black-eyed children phenomenon. You guys, it's supposedly something people encounter. Look it up. It's crazy.
I don't entirely understand it, but the Google search result explains it the best. Black-eyed children are a contemporary legend of supposed paranormal creatures that resemble children between the ages of 6 and 16, with pale skin and black eyes, who are reportedly seen hitchhiking or panhandling, or are encountered on the doorsteps of residential homes. I've also read something that claims they try to lure people away, and if anyone follows them, they go missing. There are supposedly still sightings that occur to this day. Does anyone have any input, any possible answers, or questions? I'm just looking for something. This has kind of rocked my world as of recent.